Hi. I'm still trying to think of what that of term what that is. term is. Yeah. Um. Oh man. It's, acoustic. No, no, it's it's a popoloptic. That there's helping and there's hurting. <laughs> no, it's it's um, it's not Doppler. Maybe it is Doppler. No, the Doppler effect is when like um, like a train is coming by and the sound changes. As That's it goes. what I was going for. Yeah. Oh well, I then was going for Doppler. Oh, that is the Doppler effect. Yeah, I know yeah. a thing. So uh-huh. thank you. Great. Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Orians. This is Neil Daigle-Orians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay. All right, that was a really good one. Thank you. I'm happy about I'm that. I'm performing. Yes. Yay, everything's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's always great to know that uh, one of the people on your podcast is just performing their enthusiasm uh-huh. for the activity. And I'm not the uh, theater person, so right. how about that? Um, so this week we're going to start uh, with something fun, even though it's sort of dark, dark days in America. I wanted to start with like a fun conversation, um, but something I've been doing recently on uh, Growler. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, the thing, because yeah, there are a lot of things that one can do on Growler, but I've been doing something uh, uh, different. So um, lately on Growler, I have been... Well, if you're ever on any of the apps, not just Scrawler, but like Scruff or Grinder, you know that gentlemen like to begin conversations by sharing pictures of their penis. Or other pictures. Or other pictures. But a lot of times it's like uh, penis. It's, it's, it's a lot of penis. Or butt. Or butt. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of butt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, Genitals in general. Sometimes penis and butt. Genital. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, like... I'm not one of those people who like, oh, you can only start a conversation with hello or hi. I mean, but sometimes it is nice to get a high before you see like a, like a big old dick um, in your face. That's how I say hi. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so one thing I've been, so I've been doing like this thing and I have been calling it hashtag deep thoughts. They probably didn't D- hear you no, putting I know. your fingers together. Um, D-E-E-P-T-H-O-T-S, uh, that hoe over there. So deep, that hoe over there's. And uh, so what I do whenever somebody unlocks their pics for me on Growler, because literally nobody talks to me on Scruff, because I guess I'm not cute enough, um, I will ask them some important political question about like uh, whether or not they consider Mask for Mask legitimate or... Should the LGBT community support Black Lives Matter, or is it appropriate for you to ask a trans person whether or not they've had surgery? Before I share pictures of my penis and things with them, as it's, a litmus um, test, it's a litmus test. It's um, <laughs> social justice hurdles <laughs> that you're throwing yeah. via the internet. Yeah, uh, and like I did it as kind of just like a joke and I didn't think anybody would really respond to it but it's actually been really fun to do mm-hmm. um, I one have gotten to see some very nice penises so kudos if you're listening and we have engaged in deep thoughts um, 
good job. And uh, I've actually had some like pretty good conversations about about some pretty serious social justice concerns in the from the LGBT community through this endeavor. Okay, um, I think it's very important right now to um, to let the audience know that when somebody doesn't respond with um, or responds negatively to uh, the question that you posit before you respond. You send an image of Tyra Banks yelling at Tiffany. <laughs> yes, I. Sorry, you just yes, broke your shelf. I do. I do do that. I send uh, the. Uh, we were rooting for we you. We were rooting for you. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? I've never yelled at a girl like this before. Be when quiet, my mother yelled Tiffany. at me, it's because she loved me. So uh, yeah, I do send that. I feel um, like that is really important to clarify to let everybody know that that is a that is an aspect of this as well. Not yes. only are there conversations and penises involved. But sometimes when the conversations fail, you send that. Correct. So yes. far, my favorite response that somebody has said was simply no English. Yeah, I didn't really have... That was have, my favorite one. I was just like, well, I guess there's no... No, that not... And, and it's also to note, too, that if people get kind of the question, quote, unquote, wrong or are not being sort of aware, then they do not receive... no. Pictures. They get Tyra Banks instead. They get Tyra Banks instead, but they do not receive. I'm not just like giving my my penis out on the internet to people. Who I mean, you are, but don't deserve it. I mean, yeah, but they have to like know a thing, mm-hmm. or as some like several people have have decided to call it woke dick. Woke as, dick. Hashtag yeah, woke. Hashtag dick. woke dick. Um, and uh, so like that's been enormously entertaining and fun, and it's surprising that. Uh, that I've actually had some like really solid conversations. Um, the most common conversation I've had with people have been about the, uh, about whether it's cool for gay guys to be like, Ooh, vaginas. Cause that one has been a little contentious and, uh, has provoked further conversation about why that's gross, not good to do. And, uh, one positive thing is that any, all of the conversations have been very cordial and unlike positive and it's guys generally wanting to see your dick. Well, that's a valid thing too. We want to, <laughs> but have like generally wanting to know where I was coming from and where that point of view was coming from and to potentially like learn a thing, which mm. is really kind of nice. Um, and I wanted to talk about it mostly because I, it was something that in a conversation I had with, with someone about it, like um, to me, it's like a demonstration of living the truth, living living out the idea that the personal is also political, and the and po- the political is personal, that um, you can't really divide yourself from politics. Because I've seen I've seen a lot of that lately in conversations with people. There are people who are like, you know, I'm not really political, and you know, I, I don't I don't hate getting involved in politics, and but literally, your entire life is politics. We are. We live politics all the time, and politics lives in us all the time, is working out in our life all the time. There's a really great Dylan Marin tweet where it's something, he said something to the effect of, um, um, we've, we've gotten to where we are in our society today because of decades of people saying, well, I don't want to get political. Oh, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's especially, I think, for queer people, whenever you're queer and think that somehow you cannot be political, quote unquote... That's astonishing to me because our culture makes you political the second you accept and own and live out your queerness because you face discrimination and the culture the culture decides that your life is up for debate. 
Yeah. And um and granted there's nuance in that. Like like the culture is less willing to put your life up to debate if you fit within a certain set of masculine roles. Yeah. Um there's there's nuance in that and there's privilege and there's straight passing and all that fun stuff. But we're not we're not talking about that. <laughs> no. But but I well I think if, you, if you are queer, you are a political person yeah. because of your existence alone. Yeah. And that it's very important now because uh, if everyone's saying this now more than ever, it's important now more than ever to recognize how your life lives out politics and how politics is living out in your life mm-hmm. uh, because it affects it affects everyone now and in sort of really disturbing ways. I mean, we're a week into Donald Trump's presidency and I feel like we're in some sort of horror movie mm-hmm. about or like some political thriller starring um who would who would star in this political thriller um Kevin matthew spacey oh okay or i was gonna say matthew mcconaughey <laughs> would he's star, just a simple southern yeah. boy um it would be our sandra bullock oh that should be good sandra bullock is like the world is falling apart and sandra bullock is gonna save us by by making sure the bus drives it 75 out for some reason idris elba's there and nobody questions it Ooh, idris elba that <laughs> yes mm-hmm. i'm down for anything where idris elba is i i know he pretty i'm i'm aware yeah um very much like idris elba um hey how what are your feelings on idris elba love okay continue yeah love he should be james bond uh wow i think we just tangented ourselves into Anyway, yeah, so anyway, that like, goes into what you wanted to talk about. Right. Uh, it, yes, it does. It moves into kind of what I wanted to talk about. Uh, normally, so for most of you who don't really know how we put Behind the podcast. Behind the scenes at Bearded Fruit. Normally, what, what the way the podcast works is uh, I will work up kind of a, a rough sketch about what we're going to talk about for an episode and uh, grab all the links and information. And then Neil comes up to my office. We sit down and we record. And that's that's like the... Yes, I get a very <laughs> sultry text. Come on off to my office, boy. I got something to show you. And then he engages in a conversation with me about race relations and then shows me his dick. And then we start talking. I mean, that's mostly true. I think one of those was an alternative fact. Send us what you think was an alternative <laughs> fact. Call us at blah, blah. No, um, yeah, so that's normally what happens. But honestly, today, is, in light of what happened over the weekend, so Friday, if you're, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, and so we're just a day out from the uh, ban on uh, entry into the country for uh, uh, foreign, foreigners from seven countries. Something um, like that, yeah. Uh, basically, it's been called the Muslim ban, which is what was what Trump talked about. And th- that executive order happened on Friday. And uh, yesterday, there were spontaneous protests at major airports all over the country. There are more protests today. And um, you know, people were detained, people with green cards and visas who were legally allowed to be in the country who had gone through that vetting process were being detained at airports uh, and being told they couldn't enter the country. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be sent back, actually. And some people have actually gotten sent back, even though they had legitimate visas or green cards. They are now, they were sent back before they were able to put a, the ACLU, cheer you, ACLU, uh, were able to make a stay happen on the order. And uh, they were sent back and will be out of the U.S. now for at least 90 days or until another order comes that allows them to, to come. And, you know, this one thing in a week full of things that, 
continues to make this country feel like some place I don't even understand or know. You know, like the, um, uh, and this happened this weekend too. Uh, he reordered the National Security Council and took out intelligence, but added Steve Bannon to the National Security Council. Like actual people who work in the State Department are not good enough to be on the National Security Council. But the guy who runs Breitbart is. is. And it's also been leaked from the departments that Steve Bannon has actually been writing all the executive orders that he's been signing. And Steve Bannon is a white supremacist. Like he's a Nazi. And admitted. Yeah, he's like a proud Nazi. Mm-hmm. He's a please come punch me Nazi. <laughs> and and he's writing the executive orders that Donald Trump is signing. And it in a week, I feel like our like, do you even recognize this country? I mean, I think okay. The thing is is that if we're if we're really if we're really getting into this conversation, this co- this country has always been that way. Yeah, no, that's true. Um and so if anything we're we're seeing policy reflect the actual history of this country we're seeing policy reflect um we're we're seeing policy reflect um a whole lot of people's sentiments in a way that is a lot more tangible than what we thought used to be and i mean when when we're talking about history when we're talking about how how things have actually been um like people criticizing black lives matter activists saying what would martin luther king think he would think that they were doing exactly what he was doing. And Martin Luther King was, in fact, treated the same way, um, if not worse. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the thing is, is that this country has always been imperialistic. This country has always been problematic. And this country has always been racist. It's literally what we're built upon. We're, we're a country that is built upon genocide and slavery and essentially exploiting minorities. That is what America is. is. And now we are seeing policy reflect that in a way that it hasn't reflected that in however many decades, at least not as loud. Um, immigration has always been favoring people from white countries. Immigration has always um, resulted in exploiting people from countries where they happen to be brown. Um, you see... Uh, immigrants from white countries from Europe have easier access, have quicker access uh, to immigration and the ability to immigrate to America than they do from countries like Mexico, uh, countries in Latin America, um, and countries um, in the Middle East and Africa. Um, you, you see, um, like I have a friend, uh, my friend Kim, um, she is a, a firstborn um, American from her Swedish family, and nobody asks her where she's from. Uh, because she's Swedish and she looks super, super white. Um, and I mean, Swedes are super white. Um, and all I can think about too, is that I grew up, um, with a decent amount of Sudanese friends. Um, my church was that I grew up in, um, had a Sudanese congregation meet in it. Um, and occasionally, um, some of the Sudanese kids would go into the youth group and, and be in the larger, um, the larger congregation, and all I can think of is um, I have I have really good friends who literally cannot leave the country right now because they will not be allowed back in. And they have been here since they were little. They were in Nebraska before I was in Nebraska, and they would not be able to return if they left the country under this policy. And that's horseshit. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's totally bullshit. And yet that is the tangible thing that's happening right now. Um, people who have been here for decades who know nothing but america no longer have the ability to come back if they go out i've seen people tweeting that they're on a cruise and they don't know if they'll be allowed entry back Mm -hmm. into the country um even though supposedly 
um, people in transit were not affected by this. Supposedly, that was supposed to not help. Pe- the airports are still regulating it. Um, so it's 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 terrifying, but it's also like, what do we do about it? Like, what do we tangibly do about this? Well, and that was that was sort of the 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 problem of sitting down today to kind of plan this episode is I I didn't even know where to where to begin, where I didn't know where to begin having a conversation about what do we do, and I I mean I have some ideas about things that we can do, but it feels so overwhelming. I I really I I want to go back to an idea that like I really I'd never thought about it that way before, but um. I was always aware that like all of these things have been simmering under the surface and have been there. And this is, this isn't like new in America. This is just like something that it's more visible now. But the idea that, that what's happening right now is really like America revealing itself in the truest way. Like this is America realizing itself in a way is a very powerful idea. And, you know, intervention, girl, America needs an intervention right now. Yeah, I mean, because we have this whole land of the free propaganda that we've always grown up with, but our history paints a very, very different picture. If you look at it objectively, we used to own people. People who look like us used to own people, Um, and we still benefit from that. We still benefit from uh, centuries of slavery. Um, We still benefit from slavery in other countries, Um, and we still benefit from just exploitation in general. Um, a lot of us still benefit from um, all sorts of systems that have been in place for centuries um, that we had nothing to do with, yet we still benefit from them. So what do we do about that? How do we how do we dismantle that? How do we... And it's so much. And it's like, okay, first things first, you call your senator. Their voicemail is full. Shit, what do you do? Um, you call somebody else's senator. They're not listening to you because you're not in their jurisdiction. What do you do? Um, there's so many options of what you can do and it's really hard to pinpoint on what's most effective. Um, and it's really hard to pinpoint on what is most effective with the talents and resources that each individual has. It's really hard to figure out what works best for each person and what we can each do individually to make things a little bit better. Yeah, I think, um, cause I, I, I've really been thinking about this a lot, particularly in the context of the podcast, because, uh, you know, we bearded fruit started as just a fun thing I wanted to do because I didn't write plays anymore, and I liked it because Neil and I could spend an hour or so together hanging out on the weekend. And now, now I feel like what we what we've done by starting this podcast is created a platform where we could actually use it to do something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I desperately want that to be the case. Like I want our work to be a central point for people to kind of gather and think and talk. And then we can give it like to somehow we can take those people and, and send them out into the world and do things. And, um, I'm finding like, I, I'm not really sure where we, we, how we necessarily do that. Mm -hmm. I have some ideas, but I just think that this is, it's, it's an overwhelming idea. Like how do you, how do you organize people? How do you organize people around their talents? Like, I think that's really important. You know, I'm not necessarily somebody who's going to be comfortable going screaming at an airport because of my social anxiety stuff. And, and I just, I would have a major moment there. So like that kind of activism may not be the best for me, 
but I think with my skills and like my skills lead this to being a thing that I can do, you know, amplifying ideas and then encouraging people and organizing them around ideas and, and sharing them and facilitating conversations. That's, that's, that's an activism that I can do. Um, it's a very, it's a very tricky situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why it's 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 also really important to not shame people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you think somebody is not being active enough, or if you think that they're not being aware enough, um, I think it's really important not to shame people, um, which I see a lot on various issues. People, uh, I saw a lot on social media of people shaming others about Syria and Aleppo, and not being vocal enough about the tragedy happening there. And it's it's really important that um, that that isn't a thing that divides us. Like, it's really important that we don't have those stupid "I'm more woke than you" arguments. It's really important that that isn't a thing, um, because it's a pointless it's a pointless um, big penis contest. Is what it is. It's really just me saying I'm better than you, and it's and it's it's trying to be an activist in a way that brings you attention as opposed to actually making the world a better place. Um, so it's not about being being smarter being more aware than somebody it's it's about actually trying to um help people and if somebody maybe doesn't know as much as you you inform them you educate them or you point them to the resources where they can educate themselves um because google is free google is incredibly free in these days and ages um so so it's important that that we try to resist in a way that's still unifying it's Mm -hmm. and what we saw with the women's march was um, a lot of really beautiful moments, but also a lot of the conversations were a little sexistic. That's a really hard word to say. Wow, it's so much easier to read. Uh, they're a little transphobic. There we go. That's an easier word to grapple. Um, in that they uh, a lot a lot of the conversation um, was very third wave feminist in that, um, or second wave second wave feminist in that it, it focused on the genitals that make a woman. Um, but you also saw lots of conversations that deterred from that and, and talked about um, all people who identify as women are included in this conversation. So while on the whole, on a macro scale, it was a very great thing um, that women stood up for themselves and that people stood up for, uh, other people stood up with women. Um, and then on micro scales, you saw other conversations happening that were really great and really mm-hmm. beneficial. So while on the macro scale, it may have been... Um, there may have been transphobic moments on a micro scale. Those were dealt with. And I think that's another thing that we need to think about macro versus micro. Um, What is good for culture in a macro sense? um, Maybe isn't always the most quote unquote woke, the most, um, the most uh, effective activism or the most um, intersectional. uh, But that doesn't mean that it's not good. And that doesn't mean that it can't then spawn those micro conversations. And I think that's also really important that we talk about macro and micro activism and what those look like. Um, so what we're seeing is we have the women's march, but then we're also seeing people um, organizing um, a queer march in June. We're seeing people um, organize a science march. Yeah, I want to go to the science. <laughs> I know you do, nerd. Um, but we're also seeing um, I've seen I've seen like immigration marches um, being organized, and I've seen people tackle very specific issues in a way that we can have those macro conversations just by sheer number and then focus on the micro in the markets that they affect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really important that, that we keep that in mind that 
what works in certain areas don't work in other areas. The kinds of activisms that work um, for certain issues will not always work for other issues. Um, so it's trial and error for a certain extent. Um, but yeah. Well, I think too that that conversation about uh, activism that's macro versus that one that's micro. There's also um, v- valuing the incredibly personal activism, the activism that you do in your house, in your on your street, deep thoughts in your work. Yeah, on on Growler, that when you engage with one other person and have a conversation or. Um, or for in the case of because we're a queer podcast, when you when you live your queerness openly with other people, you are participating in queer activism. You're you're participating in living out and and making visible a marginalized experience, and that's valuable. You want you me know? you want me to to do a little throwback to the origins of Bearded Free right now? Um, I've been thinking a lot about how this relates to art and how activism relates to art, and if art can exist within activism and if activism can exist within art um, because art itself is incredibly problematic and art itself is very, very much so um, uh, uh, subject to sy- systemic oppressions. Um, and it's hard for me to kind of see a museum put on a show of activist art and really take it as an activist action um, because it's a museum and museums have long histories. There, there are all sorts of nuanced politics. And of course, that's individual to each museum. I'm not going to get into that. Um, and I've been thinking about my own art. Um, and how do I create work that is um, important and work that is smart, that is activist in its way, but is still art? Um, and why does that matter so much to me? Um, but I, I think that part of what I'm trying to do in my own personal practice is just making it as queer and loud as possible. Um, and through that, create that subversion where, uh, queerness isn't supposed to be loud. It's also not supposed to be celebrated. It's not supposed to be bright and happy. It's supposed to be sad. It's supposed to be disease ridden. It's what queerness is in a, in a macro conversation, um, is very sad and, um, very unfortunate. Um, and I'm trying to subvert that by celebrating it. And I'm celebrating selfie culture. And I'm celebrating how how um, people share their bodies with each other on the internet. Um, and I'm sanctifying that. And that's where my activism comes through. It's not through actual making making fancy art prints of protest posters and um, making very direct statements. It's it's that subtle activism. Um, or I think about Felix Gonzalez Torres and how he talked about HIV, <clears throat> HIV and AIDS and queerness in his work without, without being, without talking about it. He talked about it in coded language, um, through, through very, very smart conceptual pieces. Um, and that's completely different than somebody like Barbara Kruger, who's incredibly loud and her work is, is very textual and very, um, graphic. Um, but it works for her. She has found a, a way to to bridge um, activism and design and fine art. Um, but I still feel skeptical whenever I go see her work in a fancy museum because it's like Barbara Kruger, you're getting paid by these very, very problematic organizations to make this work. You're, and and um, I thought that way when I, was, uh, when I went to a Gorilla Girls lecture last year. I was like, you guys are currently being paid 
by a museum and you're also showing us projects where you've been paid by these museums to crit critique these museums what does that make of your critiques if 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 you're if this is the living you're making where where where's the validity of your critique there's a little bit of gray area um so that's something i've been thinking about a lot is like how do my talents how do my, how does my work and how does art in general fit into all of this um and i think a lot of it is just being loud and being authentic and being um being as as brown or as queer or as um as immigrant or whatever your identity is being as much of that as you can in a way that is authentic and true um and 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 just doing it and I, I feel like that's where I'm that's where I'm trying to be right now I'm trying to be in this place where my work is um subversive and activist in its way in the way that it can be um that is authentic to myself yeah I like that the the idea of being loud um so if you remember a couple episodes back, we had that uh, teenage kid, Matt, who wrote into our show. And yeah. uh, so I was uh, talking, had a, a brief online conversation with Matt uh, because he touches base every once in a while because I told him anytime you need some support, Hashtag I'm around. Ask dad. Hashtag, right. Um, and so he did last night uh, because uh, he said he had this like issue about not feeling sort of validated. And um, the thing I shared with him, I said, you know, that your queerness doesn't is not a thing that makes you different. Your queerness is a thing that makes you special and you should make it shine as brightly as possible because that's how other people like you are going to find you in the world and who are going to like accept you and love you. And you should feel sad for people who feel as though they have to take what's special about someone and dim it. Um, and I love that idea that that right now, even though the world feels like a very scary and dangerous place, that uh, our activism should be as loud and bright as possible. Because not only does it then sort of demonstrate pride in, in ourselves and in our identities and in our experiences, but then it also helps us find community. It also helps us like with little beacons of light all over the world now, shining queer flames of fierceness and we can find each other and gather together and burn the whole fucking thing down which uh, yeah. is a lovely idea and like speaking of pride i think it's really important going forward that we in our individual communities start to interact more with our local pride organizations and i really think it's important that pride celebrations become political again um, I think now more than ever, um, it's really important that we remember our political roots. Um, and it's, it's, it's really important that we embrace those roots and as much as we can ditch the corporate sponsored pride, like it's, it's super problematic. Um, it's, we need to support ourselves. We need to not worry about putting on the best party we need to worry more about being loud and being proud and um, and showing it to the world in a way that we're not allowed to on any other normal day. Um, I think it's really important that we reach out to our pride organizations and be like, how can we help and how can we make this um, beneficial to the community at large and not just a really sweet party? And it can be both, as seen on Mike Pence's lawn. You can make some. You can do something that's a really sick party that is also a political 
moment. Um, the two can work together. You can still have your beer garden sponsored by Bush if you so choose, but it can it can it can be a political moment. I think. I yeah. think that that there is a great potential in the coming years for Pride celebrations to be incredibly political and incredibly important moments. And I think, if anything, we have an obligation to do that because we have the resources to throw them. So we need to do something with them. Well, and DCU is doing it. They're doing the march on during Pride. So um, we all need to follow the lead of DC Pride. I agree. Um, and I I know that I, I tell you, we will still continue to figure out ways to gather you and um, and give you ways to act. Uh, coming soon, we have... Uh, so we're going to do this thing. I've already, and I've already connected with some folks who are going to help us do the conversations at the end. But we're actually, I'm going to be Oprah for a hot second on Bearded Fruit. And we're going to do uh, a book club. We're going to pick a book every month that is uh, super queer and super informative. And we're going to spend the month reading it. Then we're going to have some very smart queer theory um B- brains help us talk Smarter about it smarter than us and then we're gonna have a google hangout where anybody who's been reading it can kind of hang out we can talk to each other so that's gonna be coming soon but here are some ways that you can do something right now like right now after you finish this episode you can uh download all of the other episodes that you have missed and then go to <laughs> right shameless then these are three things that you can do right now if you feel if you feel similarly to to us that you're not really sure where to go and what to do here are three things you can do the first thing you can do is arm yourself with the information of how to contact your government officials not just those who are in congress and not just those who are the president but also your local government as well because that's also hugely important local and state government you can go to www.usa.gov backslash elected hyphen officials and that website will show you how to contact all of your government officials and as people who do lobbying and who do activism work will tell you uh, an email is okay but a call is always better so aim for the call so you can get your voice heard and uh, if the voice's mail is full and your email you're not feeling good about it um, I don't know. Send a dildo. I don't know. Just mail. Mail them a Parcel. Dildo. <laughs> mail Parcel them. package. Yeah. Another thing you can do immediately if you want to do something positively that will affect the LGBT community, you can go to Lambda Legal's website. Now, Lambda Legal uh, does an amazing job advocating uh, legally and through court cases for the LGBT community. They have been doing it for decades and they're an outstanding organization. You can go to their website, lambdalegal.org, and you can make a donation because um, that counts too. That money helps organizations continue to do the work that we individually can't do. And in a broader sense, you can support the ACLU who allowed all of those detainees in one day to to stay so they did amazing work spearheading that donating to them is a wonderful idea you can go to www.aclu.org and that's the american civil liberties union in the event that you're not really sure um on a much 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 smaller scale you can also head over to our website and check out our page fruit stands there's a the first action is up there it's a simple thing that you can do to connect to us so that we can begin to organize people in communities that are not right here with us 
all around the country. And we're going to give you fun things to do and fun ways to bring people together who are like-minded and encourage them to act inside your own communities. It's a very, uh, the, the plan is for Fruit Stands to be a very grassroots way of acting and engaging in activism for the LGBT community and for LGBT people everywhere. So that's our website, www.beardedfruit.com and check out the page Fruit Stands. And we'll have more information there also about like our book club and other ways to, to connect with us. Um, that's, I think that's it. But. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Um, as always, we are really appreciative to everyone who supports us. Actually, this past week, our podcast had its best week ever. Like Yay! we had, yeah. So, to all of you who are listening and who have been listening to us for a while, or those of you who are new to the podcast and like what you hear, uh, there are some ways that you can help our podcast grow and help expand our reach and our community. You can head over to iTunes or uh, Google Play to subscribe to the podcast you can leave us a review there you can listen to our podcast on stitcher as well we're there now and uh, you can find us on soundcloud uh, as well that's kind of our home base uh, for listening uh, you can head over to our website beardedfruit.com and uh, join us there and find out more information about the show you can find us on facebook at bearded fruit you can also find us on twitter at bearded fruit pod and if you'd like to call in and share some thoughts or a story or questions for us, we'd be happy to answer them. We have a number you can call. It's 860-785-0633. And uh, if you leave us a mes message or a question for ideas for an upcoming episode or ideas for ways for us to act as a community, we would love to hear from you. And all that information is on our website to connect to all of our various places. So um, please do. We are so appreciative to our listening community. You guys are amazing. And uh, we will continue to struggle with these big questions and uh, struggle with some big dick. <laughs> Got you some Doppler effect on that. Uh, you sure did. Um, and we will continue. <laughs> and I get, yeah, wait, we're sure. We're Pull yourself together, girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I'm thinking like, yeah, we are going to struggle with big dick. Um <laughs> That's true. That's very true. We will continue to struggle with the big questions and the big dick, uh, per preferably woke. And uh, we will see you next week. <laughs> All I can think of big dick is like the dick industry. Like uh, it gets big dick. <laughs> like, battle against big dick by supporting yeah. your local dick. Right. Uh, dick truths. The dick industry is. Yeah. Um, we. <laughs> yes. In our in our infinite battle against. Big dick. <laughs> That's great. Uh, thank you all for listening. Connect with us in the various places and let's uh, change the world, okay? Bye. Bye. <laughs>